this moment in Washington. Their first face-to-face -face talks in two years. Israel launches third day of attacks on Gaza. A second day of riots, which have now claimed at least seven lives. A tsunami of instability. The suicide blasts in the Moscow metro system uh, leads our news today. Water and fuel prices have also gone up. Jordan, the Palestinian territory, Sudan, Yemen, the list really goes on. The wars and the terrorism, this is all the birth pain. These are the beginnings of what's coming. of a series called uh, End of Days, and uh, if, if you were with us last week, uh, then you know we tackled the topic uh, about what's next, what, what on the prophetic calendar, what's the thing that is going to happen, and we talked about this event called the rapture, uh, which is, uh, it's the catching away, it's, it's that moment in time in which everybody who has faith in Jesus Christ is taken instantly. The Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye, are caught up and taken out of this world. Uh, and that moment, that event begins uh, then the tribulation period. We said, look, this is not the second coming. Uh, Jesus does not come to the earth. Matter of fact, the Bible in describing the rapture says that Jesus comes and meets us in the clouds, and then we head back up into heaven uh, with him. And uh, that that moment, though, is the beginning of the unfolding of the end. The tribulation kicks off with that moment. And uh, we're going to cover the tribulation next week. You're not going to want to miss that conversation uh, with us. But today we want to ask this question. Okay, so if the tribulation begins right after the rapture, if that's what's going on here on earth, then what are you and I doing in heaven during those seven years? I mean, are we, are we looking over the rails and watching the tribulation unfold? What's, what's going on with us uh, during that seven years. And the Bible actually gives a very interesting answer and describes uh, what it calls the Bema Seat Judgment. That you and I, during those seven years, are actually in heaven and we're actually standing before Jesus Christ and we're actually receiving judgment according to how we've lived our lives. And, and some will receive rewards, some will suffer loss in that judgment. So we're just going to take some time today and unpack that together. What does that look like? What, what's that moment going to be like for all of us uh, who have a relationship with Jesus, who are someday going to stand at the Bema seat of Christ? So if you've got your Bibles, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, because it's a passage that describes how this judgment's going to take place. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If you're not real familiar with your Bible, if you go to the back of your Bible and then uh, work to the left, you're going to find this 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, here's the thing I need to say while we're getting there. Uh, this judgment is only for Christians. So, in other words, it's people who have believed on Jesus Christ from the time of the cross until the time of the rapture. This judgment is not for people who have not had faith in Jesus Christ. That judgment is going to happen at the end of the tribulation. It's a judgment called the great white throne, and we're actually going to cover that. We're going to, spend, we're going to get to that one, too. This judgment is exclusive to Christ followers, to people who have personally put 
their faith in Jesus Christ, made a decision to let him be Savior. It's the Bema seat. As a matter of fact, uh, the word Bema, where we get that from, is actually a Greek word, and it means to judge or to discriminate. Bema seat of Christ. Here it is. This is the description of that moment that you and I are going to experience during the seven years of the tribulation. Here's what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, here's what it's saying. Look, uh, before Jesus, you and I used to live the way that people who don't know Jesus live, and we, we chased all the same things that they chased, and, and we were building our lives, okay, based on worldly wisdom and based on how everybody else builds their lives. We, we, we thought of success the way, same way they thought of success. We made our decisions the same way that people who don't know God make their decisions. But when you and I became followers of Christ, when we made that, everything changed. And he says here, and now there's a new foundation, Jesus Christ. And you and I, it's like we're building a completely different building now. Our decisions, how we value, how we live, all of that is different because now we're building on a completely different foundation in our lives, that foundation being Jesus Christ. Let's go back. Verse 11 again here says, no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, or costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because that day, the Bema seat, the judgment day, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each man's works. Now, here's, here's what it says. In that moment, at the Bema seat, as you and I are standing there, all the deeds of our lives, all the things that we've done are going to be tossed. And the Bible says the best description to understand is like, it's like our, everything we, is going to be tossed into a fire. And you don't know. You don't know as it goes in, you know, does it burn up or does it last? Because here's the deal. There are things that you and I have done that maybe on the outside look really, really good. But we did them for the wrong motives. See, the only reason I was nice to that person is I was worried about what other people would think. See, the only reason I dropped that 20 in the offering plate was because I had an elder sitting next to me, okay? And, and so I may have done the right thing, but I didn't do it for the right reason. Wood, hay, stubble. And it says, that stuff's going to get to the fire. It's going to burn up. It looked good, and everybody thought it was a good thing, but it, it wasn't really good when you got down to it. But it says, then there's going to be other stuff that's going to go in the fire, other things that we did, decisions we made, that when you toss it in, it's like gold and silver and precious stone. And when it hits the flame, it only refines. It only gets better. He says, that's, that's what the judgment's going to be like for you and me. Now, here's the big deal. I think just as important as the description of what the Bema Seat is like is what's not described What's not mentioned at this judgment? Did anybody catch it? Sin. There is not one mention of sin at this judgment. Why? Why, why, why? why wouldn't sin be here? I thought sin was a big deal. It is. But every single person who has placed their trust in Jesus Christ has had their sin covered 
by the blood of Jesus on the cross. And that sin is gone. So think about this, think about this. When you were 16, in the back seat of that car, it doesn't show up. See, for all of us that thought, oh my goodness, someday I'm going to get to heaven, and, it, and it's like home movies. God's going to show like DVDs of my life. And, and this, is, this, this is going to be bad. And some preacher told me that, that it was going to be like every bad thought I had. Did you know what I thought of Mary Jane when she was walking away? I was like, <laughs> and, and here, you, here, it's not there because it's covered under the blood. Of, there are no home movies for the Christian. How many people in this room are going, oh, that is, that is so good. I, I w- you don't even want to know how big the bleep track would have been on my life. It would have been like, like every 30 seconds. But for you and I who are followers of Christ, there is no mention of sin at the judgment for Christians because it's been covered by the blood of Jesus. Matter of fact, let, let, me, let me just help you there because I know, I know for some of us this is terrifying and it's scary. So grab your Bibles and, and, and go with me over to Psalms chapter 103. Psalms is going to be somewhere toward the middle of your Bible. So just kind of open your Bible in the middle. You'll probably find the book of Psalms. If you don't find Psalms, you'll find the book of Jobs. And for some of you, that's a good thing. (laughs) Psalms chapter 103, verse 12. Here's what it says about sin for those who've put their trust in Jesus. Here's what it says. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. East to west. It says, look, look, look. If, if, you can, if you can figure out how far it is from east to the west, then you can figure out how far God took your sin away. You, you notice he didn't say north and south. Why not? Because there's a north pole and a south pole. And some joker would have measured. Some joker would have said, oh, God only took your sins God said, no, 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 no. If you can figure out how far east is from west, then maybe you'll have a chance of figuring out how far I took your sins away when you put your trust in my son. By the way, it's uh, 12,430 miles from North Pole to South Pole. But you can't measure east and west. Another verse, Hebrews Hebrews chapter 8. It's going to be toward the back of your Bible, almost almost to the very end. Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. Here's what it says. You ready for this? For I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins. Next phrase. No more. Think think about this, guys. The God of the universe who knows everything in perfect detail before it even happens says, when it comes to sin, if you've made that decision for Jesus Christ, if you've invited him to be your savior, if your sin has been placed under, I will choose 
to perfectly forget your sin. It's the one thing God doesn't know because he chose to forget it. It's why when you and I sit around right now and go, oh God, remember when I was 14 and that really stupid thing I did, and I'm just so sorry, and I just didn't mean it. And he goes, what are you talking about? Because if you've placed that under the blood of Jesus Christ, he has perfectly forgotten it. How many wives in the room would say, my husband has the gift of perfect forgetfulness when it comes to anniversaries? <laughs> How many men in the room would say, my wife has the gift of perfect remembrance of all of my failures? <laughs> there you go. Okay, so here's the moment in which you're glad that God is masculine. Because he perfectly forgets our sin. Okay? It's a cool, cool moment. Now, here's the thing. I think, I, think, I think this freaks us out a little bit. I think we have a hard time sometimes getting this. So let me see if I can help you a little bit. I, I need some volunteers. So give me, give me two volunteers. All right, come on. Come on, dude. All right, give me someone else. All right, come on. All right, here we go. Here's, let me help you out. Okay, all right. So you're going you're gonna to stand over here. Okay, and, and what's your name? Danielle. Danielle. Danielle, you stand right there. Okay. Yeah, the box drops right. No, I'm teasing. All right. All right. So you come over here. Dude, what's your name? Grant. Grant. All right, Grant. Grant, you're going to be Jesus. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> he didn't even hesitate. Oh, dude, I'm Jesus. All right. No, yeah, there you go. Okay, you're Jesus. Okay. All right. Danielle, you are all of us. You are all of us. Okay, so, so let me ask you this, Daniel. Have, have you done anything in your past that would like classify as like pretty big sin? Yeah. Okay, if you would just tell all of, no, I'm, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Okay, so, so in your present, I mean like right now, is there maybe like anything in your life that maybe you'd go, okay, wow, I, I'm not sure I'm proud of that? Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Um, are you planning in the future to do some really bad stuff? No, I'm teasing. All right. So here's, here's what I think freaks us out, okay? Here's what, I think, here's what I think confuses us in this moment. When you and I become Christians, when we make that face step and decide to ask Jesus in our heart, here's, we're totally comfortable with the idea that, okay, God just forgave me for all of my past. Because I remember all of my past. And so we go, oh, okay, God, God forgave me for my past. And I think we're really, really comfortable and say, okay, God forgives me for my present. So whatever I'm involved in right now and whatever sins I may be doing, I, I think God forgives me for it. Here's the part that freaks us out. What about my future sins? I mean, I haven't even done them yet. So how does God forgive me my future? And I think that just weirds us out. And so we, we all think, well, you know, maybe that's still hanging over my head. When Jesus died 2,000 years ago, how many of my sins were in the future? All of them. Think about this. When Jesus dies 2,000 years ago, how many of my sins were in the All of them. And you realize that in that moment of him dying, it's as if he reached off the cross, took all my sins, placed them on the cross with him. Why does that freak us out? Why does that confuse us so much? That in that moment of saving us, he took care of all the problem. And it's gone. 
And it's why in the Bema seat it says, and he remembers them, they're not even there. They're not even considered because they have been perfectly forgotten. How many people are going, ooh, Nelly? See, remember we said when we get into this conversation, what could start out scary actually ends up pretty darn encouraging for us. Okay, hey, let's give these guys a hand. They did good. You were amazing being us. Thank you for doing that. Jesus, you were good, dude. All right. So here's the deal. Okay, so if we get to that moment, we go, all right, all right, well, that's, you know, I mean, that's totally cool. I mean, you, we're going to be at judgment. We're going to be there, and there's no sin. Then, 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 then what is the judgment about? You ready? Quality. The quality with which you and I have lived is going to get judged. Okay? Matter of fact, go back to the passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. Here's what it says. Let me read it for you again. His work, our work, will be shown for what it is because that day will bring it into light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of how I've lived. Now, here's the thing that's interesting. This passage, this conversation is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth is an awful lot like America. Here's the deal. They were absolutely wealthy. Corinth is, is in the middle of, of a commerce area. All the major highways going through, go through Corinth. Their economy was booming. They're absolutely sports crazed. Matter of fact, uh, some of the Olympics were actually held in Corinth. Sports were a big deal there. And they're sex crazed. You, you read uh, the rest of the book of Corinthians and you figure out, man, they, they were really caught up. Very much like us. It's interesting that Paul chooses the church in Corinth to have this how are you living your life conversation. Because he's really saying, look, 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 look. You, you, guys, you guys are so caught up. You guys are spending your life on all these other things and chasing all this other stuff. And, and what, you, what you don't get is somewhere, somewhere your life gets a score. And matter of fact, what, what Paul uses in this moment to describe the Bema seat is a judge. But here's what you need to know. It's not a judge like a criminal judge. It's a judge like an Olympic judge. And, and what Paul is seeing in this moment, he says, guys, it, it's like you're in the Olympics and you're skating on the ice and, and, and you realize at the end you get a score. The, the, the judge is going to hold up a card and, and, and you're going to get scored on how you live your life. And the crazy part is you're, you're living as if you're not even competing. A couple of years ago I was uh, on a missions trip. We were heading down to Kenya to mama's orphanage and it was interesting because uh if you've ever made the trip it, it's like 37 hours of travel by the time you add up the time you're in the plane and then you know you get to new york and they lay you over for four hours and then you get over to london or and then they lay you over for six hours and by the time you get done you've done 37 hours of non-stop traveling 
either on the plane or layovers. And so as you're doing that, you're just saying, how, how do I make this go any faster? How, what, do, what do I do? So you, it was interesting. You'd watch the team, and, and we're all playing nerds together, or we're playing Rook, or uh, guys have got out their video games, and they're gaming, or their iPods, and they're listening, anything to pass the time. And you know that it's getting really, 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 really bad when you're on the plane, and you're playing Sky Mall. You ever done that? You get the Sky Mall magazine out, and you go, okay, on that page, if you had to buy something, what would you buy? Oh, I'd buy the electronic cat litter cleaner. Oh, yeah, because I need that. Yeah. You know, anything, anything to make the time pass. Interesting transformation when we got off the plane in Kenya. All of a sudden, the entire dynamic of the team changed. Here's why. Because once we landed, we knew we had 10 days to change the lives of 200 orphans. And we were on mission. And suddenly the cards got packed away, the iPods went inside of our backpacks until the return trip. Why, why? Because we knew we had limited time to do something that really, really mattered. Guess what Paul's saying? He's saying, you're living like you're in the airport. You're, you're living as if what's going on right now is just what you do while you're waiting for something important to happen. And he goes, you don't get it. You've already landed. You're, 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 you're already on the ice, and the judge is figuring up the score. You're crazy. You're crazy to be playing cards right now. So how does that judging work? I mean, I mean how... How, how is the score determined? The passage says that. So go back again. Go with me to verse 12. Here's what it says. If any man builds on this foundation using gold or silver or costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown. So he says, look, here's the deal. Every decision you make, every, everything that I do is, is going to be either gold, silver, precious stone, or it's going to be wood, hay, stubble. And, and someday it, we're going to toss that in the fire, and then some of, some of what we've done is going to burn up, and some of it's going to last. And what's going to last is the stuff that we did on this new foundation, the stuff we did for Jesus, for the kingdom. That's what's going to last. And all the rest of it, all the rest of it burns up. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm gonna, I want us to just take a moment, and, and because if, if you and I think about it, you and I make this decision every single day. We make this decision about where we're going to spend our time. We get, make this decision about where we're going to spend our money. We, we make this decision about where we're going to leverage our talents and our abilities. So here's what I'm going to do. I, I'm going I'm to just go through kind of a list, and, and I want you to tell me, hey, is this thing, if I do this thing, is that gold, silver, precious stones, or would that be wood, hay, and stubble? At the end, it really doesn't matter for God, and it probably burns up, okay? You decide, because you and I have to decide all the time. Okay, so here's the first one, okay? What if, okay, uh, what if I were to share with a friend who doesn't know Jesus my story? my testimony of how, of how I figured this out. And, and what if I were to invite them to church so they'd have a chance to hear the gospel? 
Wood, hay, and silver. How many say that's, that's a wood, hay, and silver moment? One. Okay, good. All right. How many say that's wood, hay, and stubble? How many say, I'm not going to vote because you just scared me to death? <laughs> I, it's a trick. All right. So let's try it again. All right. If I were to take my time, leverage my resource, and, and share with my neighbors, share with my coworker at work, hey, there's this incredible story of Jesus. When, you get, when we stand before Jesus, what do you think Jesus is going to say? Is Jesus going to say that was a good thing, that was something that mattered for the kingdom? Or is Jesus going to say, no, that was a waste of your time, man. Okay, so if I share my faith, gold, silver, precious stone. Whew, okay. You were scaring the hoobers out of me. Wood, hay, stubble. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready? Here's the next one. Okay. If I were to take out of my busy schedule, because my schedule's busy, but if I were to set aside some time every single week to serve, to serve the homeless, to serve at church, Gold, silver, precious stone. Wood, hay, stubble. You're getting better at this. Okay. I spend my time worrying about what other people are going to think about me and whether or not I can please them and whether or not they'll like me. Gold, silver, precious stones. Wood, hay, stubble. <laughs> there's, there's a younger Christian, and, and, and they're struggling in their walk, and they, they, they can't quite figure out what to do next, but I know, because I've already been there before, I've already lived that moment, and I decide to mentor them. I decide to take time out of my life to help that Christian who's not as far as I am get to where I am. Gold, silver, precious stone. Wood, hay, stubble. Fifty-one inch plasma TV. Some of the guys are going, gold, silver, precious stone. <laughs> gold, silver, precious stone. Wood, hay, stubble. I give of my finances. I give my finances to a church so that people's lives can be changed in Chandler so that kids can grow up hearing the story of Jesus so people who are far from God can come and be part of it. Gold, silver, precious stone. Wood, hay, stubble. My jeans have the right label. I mean, they... I am so cool, I want people to walk behind me and see my behind so they can see the label on my jeans. Gold, silver, precious stone. Some of you are going, you haven't seen my behind. 
<laughs> Wood, hay, stubble. Finally getting the title director in front of my name at work. Gold, silver, precious stone. Wood, hay, stubble. Caribbean vacation. It was the Caribbean. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Don't, don't hear this, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you and I can't have stuff on this side. I'm not saying that. I got a really cool house. I got a label on my jeans. All, all Paul is saying in this moment and all that you and I are supposed to be you and I have got to have a good assessment of how much of our life is wood, hay, stubble stuff. And how much of our life is gold, silver, precious stone. Because, 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 there's a score. See, some moment we skate off the ice and the card goes up. And I, and I, I can't just get me to say, it's okay. It's okay. But you and I just have to be incredibly, incredibly conscious of where the score is. And so I'm just going to ask you to think about this for a moment. Let's say the rapture happened today. Let's just say time done. Time done. And if the score were going to be posted today, wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, precious stone, what, what, would, what would you guess your score would be? What if we wanted to change our score? What if you and I said, no, no, you know what? I mean, just thinking about that, I mean, I'd like to change my score. You know where something really cool? That's exactly the conversation. That's exactly. You and I live with the opportunity to change the score, to set the score for ourselves. Matter of fact, grab your Bibles one last time. Go just a little further in the book of Corinthians to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Here's, here's, what, here's Paul's answer to this. And he goes back to that whole Olympic theme. Here's what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run? So he says, look, look, everybody's running. I mean, everybody's living in this life. Everybody's here. But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way to get the prize. 
saying, look, 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 you, you, we, we get one life here. You guys, we get, we get one crack at this. And he says, look, run, run to get the score you want because you get, you get one Olympic trial. You get one life to live. So, so whatever you do and whatever decisions you're going to make, in, in, in just, just go after the score you want to have when you get to the Bema seat. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Here's the crazy thing. In the Olympics, when you won, no gold medals back in those days, they gave you a little reef of, of leaves that two weeks later dried up and the leaves fell off. And he says, think about that. Think about what athletes are willing to go through just to say, I won. He says, but, but you, you get this moment. You and I, you and I who are living for Jesus, we're, we're doing this for eternity. We're doing this for things that matter. How much harder should a Christian run? Because we're not competing for a little leaf crown. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Verse 26. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating his fists against the air. No, I beat my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. He says, look, he says, guys, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I'm planning for a big score. See, I'm, he's saying, man, I, I get that day. I, I'm going to have lived my life. And I'm going to have made decisions. In my, I'm shooting. And here's the interesting thing, guys, in the conversation. You realize it takes the same amount of effort for wood, hay, and stubble as it does for gold, silver, and precious stone. Same, same amount of time, the same amount of finances, the same amount of leveraging my abilities and my gifts to become director at the job as it would have been to mentor a young Christian. It's the same amount of effort. And, and, and all Paul is saying, look, 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 what if you and I, what if you and I consciously decided to take some of the effort, not some of the effort, some of the time, and move it over it's, 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 it's okay. It's all right. It's all right to have the TV. It's all right to have the... You say, but what if we took some of this and moved it? We could change the score. There's this amazing moment in the movie Gladiator. Maximus is standing in front of his men. And here's what he says. Let what we do here today echo in eternity. Let how you and I live our lives be stories the angels talk about in heaven. Change the score. Let's pray. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, we, we come before you and 
Thank you. I mean, thank you so much that when we get to this judgment, there's no mention of sin, that, that we don't live in the fear that somehow all the horrible things we've done in our life get viewed by everybody else. Thank you that the blood of Jesus has covered that. But God, you did say there is a judgment. There is a scoring of our lives. And God, don't let us live like we're in the airport waiting for life to begin. Help us to realize we've already landed. We're, we're in the middle of the competition. We're, we're in the middle of living our lives. And God, help us, help us to have a passion that on that day when we stand before you that we would be able to smile and say, I have leveraged big portions, significant portions of my life into changing the score. See, I, I wanted this to be about gold and silver and not about things that wouldn't last. I lived my life with eternity in my eyes. And I did that to make Jesus famous. And because I was forever thankful for what he did for me, and I just wanted to post a really good score for him. God, may, may eternity speak about how we chose to live our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.